All right, let's pray. Father, we just, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you that we can gather around your word. Lord, even as we just dive into scripture today, we ask that you would speak, that we would be guided by your Holy Spirit into truth. Um, and just lead us this morning, Lord. We commit this to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Cool. Um, so I, picking up on kind of the theme that we've talked about the last couple of weeks, I really want to talk about what it means for us to be a church led by the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, we've, we, we the church, we're called to embody the truth. Um, we're called to spread the truth, spread the word. And we do this by the power of the Holy Spirit and foundation in the truth of the word. Um, so let's, if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to John chapter 16. And we're going to read from verse 7 to 14. Cool. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he, whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Cool. So... Obviously, the last couple of months, we've talked about what church should look like. We've looked at the characteristics of an Antioch church. We've talked about, you know, and for those of you who have heard, you know, there has been prophetic words over our church about being an Ant a church like Antioch. We've compared it to the church in Jerusalem. We've seen the, the pitfalls of the Jerusalem church where we've seen legalism, attempting to be justified by fulfilling the law. Sectarianism, conflict in that church due to differences of philosophy, ideology, or religious persuasion. Centralization, where the institution had become the focus of the believers rather than the spreading of the word by the power of the Holy Spirit. But we see that in Antioch, we see churches made up of people. We are not an organization, but a living organism. So, but before I kind of go into us being a church led by the Holy Spirit, I do want to check. Last week, Calvin gave us some homework talked about spreading the word of God. Can I get a show of hands? Who spread the word last week? Got one. Got two. I got three. I got four. Oh, I got no. Um, Chucky also um, on Sunday afternoon sent us a voice memo that said Jesus wept. Boom, homework done. Um, but I'm sure he did it outside of that as well. <laughs> um, but let's keep doing that. Keep building one another up. Keep, keep finding scriptures and sending them up, sending them to people and spread the word. So this week, I, I want to pick up on how, as a church, we, the people of God, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And to do this, you know, based on that, that scripture in John, um, I want to look at what Jesus said when he promised the Holy Spirit. So in our passage, oh, sorry, let me just... I'm all over the shop at the moment. In our passage, what do we see? 
So for context, um, this is in John 16. Jesus is speaking to his disciples at the Last Supper. He's about to be arrested, betrayed and denied by Peter, as he talks about in John 13, a couple of chapters earlier. He, yeah, then in John chapter 15, just before this passage, he says that the world is going to hate them as disciples. And then later in John 17, he prays that they would be sanctified in truth, the word of God being truth. So he's preparing these disciples for what is to come as they form the early church. And we see this in the church of Antioch that we talk about them being scattered, them being hated as disciples. The church of Antioch was a church birthed out of persecution. They were hated, they were persecuted, and they were scattered. So he promises, as he prepares them, he promises the Holy Spirit. And in Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit, I think we see, we see several things. Um, so, uh, and sorry, my, my title, if I haven't said it, is A Church Led by the Holy Spirit. Cool. So what, what do we see in this kind of scripture? The first thing that, you know, I, I believe that we see is as a church, point number one, as a church, we need the Holy Spirit. He empowers us in our lives. Um, in verse 7, Jesus establishes that it was to our advantage that he would go because we need a helper. The, the NIV actually says a counsellor, which I really love. That he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. We need him. A church that is led by the Holy Spirit knows that it needs the Holy Spirit. We see this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, just before Jesus ascends. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So as the church, the Holy Spirit is our helper. And I'm I, I come back to it, like those, those translations, the helper, the, the counsellor, he's also referred to as the comforter. We need him. It's not this thing where it's like, he's just going to, Holy Spirit's going to float in the corner and we don't need him. No, we need him now because... <laughs> He counsels us, he leads us into truth, and he empowers us to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. We can't do it on our own. Given that, you know, Jesus points out that the disciples are going to be hated, it's clear they're going to need help. They need the help of the Holy Spirit. And as a church, possibly hated because of their love, because of our, our love for him, we need the Holy Spirit to live empowered lives. The early church, they couldn't spread the word without the power of the Holy Spirit. So, my second point is the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts the world. So what do we see him convict the world of? So if we look at verse 9, 10, 11 of John 16, it's, uh, I'll read from verse 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So we see him convict the world of sin because the world don't believe in him. That's verse 9. Verse 10, we see him convict concerning righteousness because Jesus is no longer here. He's not here in the flesh. Verse 11, concerning judgment because the enemy, he's been judged. So Jesus at this point, he doesn't tell the disciples, you've got to go away and convict the world. He tells them that the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts the world. Now, it was funny, I was, like, you know, when I was texting Brahm about these notes and kind of going, he's like, he makes a very good point and reminded me that the qualification here is that just because the Holy Spirit is the one who justifies, it doesn't mean we do nothing. 
We are the witnesses. We carry and we declare the message. Paul points out in 1 Corinthians Corinthians 3, verse 6 and 7, says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. So it requires action. For us to, when, when the Holy Spirit goes about convicting the world, there's action on our behalf because we're not, we're not doing the convicting, but we are spreading the word. We are operating as witnesses. So in Jesus pointing out here in verse 9 that, you know, that the Holy Spirit convicts the world concerning sin because they don't believe, he points out here that it's the Holy Spirit who convicts people of their sin, not the disciples. And I think particularly given that, you know, we discussed legalism, Consider how this is the complete opposite of legalism, an approach where justification is by adherence to the law. We, we can see this like the world today, how many people are like, we try and enforce or legislate holiness and that's not our place because the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts people of their sin. We bear witness and we declare his message. It's his, the Holy Spirit's role to convict the world of sin for people who are not believers. We can't force somebody to believe in Jesus to be convicted of their sin. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. But what we can do is declare the truth of the word and bear witness. Um, Concerning righteousness in verse 10, um, because Jesus has gone to the Father on our own, we could never, and and I think we all know this, we could never measure to the righteousness of Jesus. He was perfect, um, 1 Peter 2 verse 22 you know, mentions that he committed no sin. There was no deceit found in him. He was perfect. Um, but you know, in terms of our own righteousness, we, we can't measure up on our own. Even Paul, you know, we've talked about how Paul was the, the preeminent of all Jews. He had all of the, the qualifications, but a key lead, as a key leader in the Antioch church, he put no confidence in his own flesh, in his, only, his own efforts of righteousness. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 and 9, Paul actually writes and he says, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. So then considering our passage in John, we establish that the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts um, the world of what a righteous life looks like. It is not our own righteous living standard, not any earthly standard of righteousness that will convict the world to live righteously. Um, and it's easy, I think, sometimes for us as believers to put on a good face and good behaviour. We can act piously. I know I've definitely been guilty of that, thinking that if I just act good and I'm pious about it, that's going to point people to Jesus. But, and it's almost easy to become sectarian in our ideology. You know, we talk about differences in philosophy, ideology, persuasion, become sectarian in our approach of so-called righteous living and forget that it's the role of the Holy Spirit to show people what a righteous life looks like. We are, the, we are the bearers of this. And this is only achieved through faith in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Cool. So then when we come to when, when verse 11, 
when he says, okay, we'll convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So when Jesus is talking to the disciples in this passage, he establishes that the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts the world in relation to judgment. Jesus establishes that the ruler of this world has been judged. The enemy has been judged, and we are not to place judgment on people. My point here... It's kind of brief, but again, we as believers are not the ones to convict the unbelievers of judgment. There's no judgment, there's no prejudice, there's no discrimination. We walk in freedom and victory as the ruler of this world has been judged. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers us and counsels us in our life. And it's the Holy Spirit who will convict the world of judgment. We are the witness carriers and declarers of the message. We spread the word and the Holy Spirit convicts. So... Then kind of keeping us moving. Um, A church led by the Holy Spirit must listen to the Holy Spirit and will be guided into truth. Verse 12 and 13 say, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. So Jesus points out that at that point in time, the disciples could not bear what else was to come. They were unlikely to comprehend what was about to happen, even after the resurrection. Um, and, and if you, you know, as we kind of read the book of Acts and certain parts of the Gospels where after he's resurrected, the disciples come about and they're like, oh, are you now going to like overthrow the Romans? Acts 1, 6 goes, will you now restore the kingdom of Israel? Are you going to do this? This is before they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's like, is this what's going to happen? They didn't know what was about to happen. But Jesus, before the crucifixion, he tells them at this point that you can't bear to know what's about to happen, but he promises them the Holy Spirit. He promises them that the Holy Spirit will guide them in truth. As the spirit of truth, he tells us what is to come. He doesn't speak outside of the will of God. And that is what guides us. The truth is nothing but the word. Um, Later in John 17, when Jesus is actually praying for his disciples, after the promise of the Holy Spirit, he, he basically prays in John 17, verse 15 to 17, says, I do not ask I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So this was the confidence that Jesus had in the power of the word of God to preserve the disciples while they were in the world. If we as a church, we want to walk in truth, If we want to comprehend what God has for us, we need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We see this in the early church. We see how, you know, so many parts of the Gospels where, you know, the disciples wanted to go, Paul Barnabas wanted to go to parts of the country to spread the word, and they were stopped. They were stopped by the Holy Spirit. Everything where they went, where they didn't go, they were guided by the power of the Holy Spirit. When Paul and Barnabas spread the word, they did this by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can establish that it takes the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will not lead us anywhere except the truth. 
And the truth is none other than the word of God. This was the confidence that Jesus had in the power of the word to preserve the disciples while they were in the world. Um, And then I guess my next point, and I think it's almost my last point as well, um, is that a church led by the Holy Spirit ultimately glorifies Jesus because the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. And finally, in, in, in verse 14, we see this, that he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. He takes what belongs to Jesus and shows it to us. When we, when we see the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation, we remember that ultimately they're there to glorify Jesus, not man, Jesus. So when, you, when we see Prophetic Sunday and you know, we have blindfolds and all this stuff, none of that is about glorifying self. It's about glorifying Jesus and him being exalted. Uh, we, I, I think it's so easy to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit abused or misused or faked even for the glorification of man as opposed to the glorification of Jesus. As a church led by the Holy Spirit, Melbourne Life, where we are a church led by the Holy Spirit, our goal is seeing Jesus glorified, not ourselves. Jesus knows that the counsellor helps us to glory. When he promises the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is promised to glorify Jesus. Consider, um, I was reading this passage, I was thinking about like, what are other examples where like the whole, people have sought the Holy Spirit for something other than the glorification of Jesus? And there's the... Um, the recount of Simon the Sorcerer in Acts chapter 8, um, verse 18 to 23. I won't, I won't read it, but basically Simon the Sorcerer sees the power of the Holy Spirit at work and he wants to go then buy it for money. He didn't want to glorify Jesus. He thought, it could, he thought the power of the Holy Spirit is something that he could buy. How different is that today where people go, oh, can I monetize or can I attempt to monetize the power of the Holy Spirit? You can't. The goal of the Holy Spirit is not the glorification of man. It's the glorification of Jesus. The church in Antioch was led by the Holy Spirit. They never made it about themselves. Their goal was the glorification of Jesus. So what what then does that mean for us as a church? Um, We desire to be a church led by the Holy Spirit. We have to know him. we, We have to know him and rely on him to empower us. We have to recognise that we are not prepared for persecution or we're not prepared to even spread the word without the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, secondly, we, we have to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts the world. It's not us. We are the messengers. We spread the word. We spread the good news of the gospel. But we are not, as believers, we are not called to be legalistic, sectarian, we're not supposed to centralise and become all about the gathering and the, the bodies. The, the point is that he will convict the world. He will have his way. We are the messengers. So let's not live legalistic lives. Um, thirdly, we have to let the Holy Spirit lead us into truth and have him guide our steps as we spread the word. He will lead us into truth and his truth is the word. He's not going to speak of anything that doesn't align to the word. I think sometimes it becomes so easy to go, oh, the Holy Spirit told me this. And it's like, where's that in the Bible? It's nowhere. So when, when we rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth, he will lead us according to his word. Cool. 
And then lastly, we have to know that the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is one that glorifies Jesus. It is not for our own glory. Um, I'm going to get the guys up and I think something I was thinking about even as Hesh, <laughs> you make a nice jokes. <laughs> um, even, even as Hesh was kind of talking about this, this cling wrap kind of feeling. Um, you know, there's, there's not many of us here today, but even now I want to encourage us to press in to the presence of God and just spend some time worshipping. Um, things that I, I kind of like, the, the guys are just going to start singing in the spirit and I, I want all of us to just kind of consider a couple of things even just as we start to worship. Um, do we rely on the Holy Spirit um, and do we recognise our need for him in our lives? When, Je- when Jesus says, look, it's to your advantage that I go away, the counsellor, otherwise the counsellor will not come, he says that we need the Holy Spirit. So do we recognise in our daily walk how much we need him? Um, then I think about when it comes to this area of convicting the world, he, that he convicts the world of sin, are we relying on the Holy Spirit in our love of people? Are we relying on Him, acknowledging that He is the one who convicts? Are we allowing Him to use us as a messenger? Or are we just striving in our own strength, going, no, oh, they've just got to turn? And it's just like, no, our job is to be witnesses empowered by the Holy Spirit to spread the word. Um, are we. Are we relying on the Holy Spirit and His Word to guide us into truth? When we're faced with situations that we just can't stand, are we relying on Him? Are we, are we reacting based on emotions to just go, I just want to do this, as opposed to here's what the truth of the Word says, and this is what I'm relying on the Holy Spirit to lead me into. And do we understand that the work of the Holy Spirit, the, the gifts of the Spirit, when we see them in operation, the goal is the glorification of Jesus. It's not the glorification of ourselves. Signs and wonders mean nothing if they don't glorify Jesus. So we're gonna we're gonna spend some time. Just we're gonna start singing in the Spirit, and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to minister to us now. Um, he will show us how to pray. He will show us how to spread the word. Um, but e- even as like Hesh said. When he came up, like, let's not take this for granted, the ability to gather, to worship, to press in. Um, Because we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, You might be be watching online. You might be watching this late. You might be here now. And I recognise that it can become so easy to... It can become so easy to become jaded or muted to the things that happen in church life day in, day out. We can go, oh, it's just, it's just another like long worship session or, oh, it's just another prophetic word. I've seen it and I haven't seen it come to pass. And it's just like, it can become, we, we can see people fall from grace and ministry and just go, oh, maybe none of it was all real and we can become jaded. But... If we are a church led by the Holy Spirit, we realise that our goal is the glorification of Jesus, that He will be at work within us. We can't 
we, we, we can't just be introspective, focused on ourselves and just ignore the fact that He will lead us into all truth. Um, just as we were, and I'm praying then or even praying earlier before I started preaching this, this verse came to mind um, from Jude, um, obviously chapter one, but from verse 18 that said, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. Those who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Guys, when we when we do this, when we choose to build ourselves up in the most holy faith, it is not, it's not pointless. We, we are not devoid of the Spirit, so let's build ourselves up, keep ourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of Jesus. He, he is good and He gives good gifts to us. Recognise our need for Him in our lives. I'm just going to close in prayer, but before we do that, or as I do that, do you guys just want to get into small groups of three or four? Um, just lay hands on one another and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you guys in all truth, to lead all of us into all truth. Yeah? Let's just do that. Father, we just... We thank You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You that Your Word is truth. Holy Spirit, we ask that You would lead and guide us. Holy Spirit, that You would lead, that You would guide us into all truth and have Your way in our lives, Lord. We thank You, Jesus. Oh, Adrian.